0: Everything's going. Everything's going. <laughs> just okay. uh, trying. Everything going. Just trying to make it to the uh, last uh, through the last week of summer, which <laughs> is what this is. And school starts Monday, so we're just limping towards the finish line there.
1: Hey, did you happen to see uh, any of uh, our posts or stories over the last day? I did. Yeah, we uh, we added a new family member, and his name just so happens to be. One of the characters of one of the shows we used to talk about. <laughs> and who's who's been on the the, the last season of, of the current show that we're talking about. Which is a total coincidence, by the way. Okay. Um, I, he, was he, I was wondering. I was wondering. He is uh he is not named after uh after Costanza. But no, we adopted a little orange cat named George. Sweet. That's so cool. What made you guys want to get a cat? I've been wanting a cat. Oh. And I I don't know I don't know why. I've just uh I've always kind of like wanted a cat. I had a cat whenever I was, like, real young, like four or five. And I told this story on air this morning, and I was like, had a cat whenever I was younger, uh, but, like, I can't say its name on air, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just say its name was the P word that you call a cat. And the only reason that I was able to call it that is because my mom and my dad Found it way too hilarious to punish me for saying that. So just imagine a four-year-old teddy running around screaming the p-word over and over again.
0: That's definitely one of those better safe than sorry. Because you could have said it on the radio. Oh, I, like, I could have. His name was pussy. Well,
1: like... I mean, well, te- technically, puss puss was uh, oh, puss. was his name. Oh well, but, I
0: definitely would have said that on the air.
1: But here's I the thing. I have said that on In the my, air. H- here's the thing. In my mind, it's funnier self-editing.
0: Yeah, yeah, because because it makes it dirtier.
1: It's it's funnier to say four-year-old Teddy running around screaming the P-word that you call a cat. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, Instead of just saying
1: Instead of just saying pussy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's awesome. Yeah, because when I saw George, I was like, oh, I was like, why didn't Ted just name him Costanza? Why go so broad? (laughs) Like, why go so ambiguous with it? Here's the thing.
1: His name was already George. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's the name the shelter gave him, and we didn't change it. We uh we fell in love with him and the name, and we're like, yeah. this is incredible. We're we're keeping the name. So now
0: you guys don't have another dog yet, right?
1: Correct. You, no, that's right. because You
0: did, but right. So then, yeah. So now you just have the the cat. So are you gonna get another? Are you gonna get a dog? Or are you are you cat people now?
1: Uh, eventually, we're gonna get another dog. Uh, we need we need some more time though. You know, we um yeah. we started fostering dogs. With uh, the local animal shelter down here, the local humane society. And we just realized, like, wow, we, uh, we are not emotionally ready to uh, have another dog. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's rough, man. It, pun not intended. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're emotionally ready for an animal that doesn't care about your emotions. And, in fact, would probably want you to feel bad. Yeah. And that's a cat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this Uh, this dude is, like, uh, it, it took him no time at all, like, maybe 20 minutes to get used to the house and yeah. get used to us. And right now, like, I've got him inside the, the studio room here, and he was walking around for, like, five minutes exploring. Right now, he's napping at my feet. Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. And guess what? What? Seven days from today... My family will have a cat.
1: Yeah, let's go!
0: <laughs>
1: Fine, I know. I knew you've been trying to get another cat. It's been a couple of years now, hasn't it? Yeah,
0: we lost Conan. He was our last one that was sticking yeah. around, and we lost him when we moved. It was definitely 2020. because okay. I couldn't we remember in, if it was
1: 2019 or 2020.
0: We were in the old house. Well, now that's a good question. I want to say, yeah, you know what, I don't know. But I'm going to say 2020, because I think it was early 2020. That Because we were still in the old house, and we moved into this one in, like, July of 2020. And so, yeah, and and then we're like, all right, yeah, we we live in our own place now. We can get a cab whenever we want. Then there was always just something on the horizon that prevented us from getting it. there's never a good time. It's like, well, okay, after, yeah. i tell you what, we're going home for Christmas. We'll get one after then. Well, now, like,
1: now this is now, happening, so we'll do now, that. Now, well, now we've got the soccer tournaments, yeah. or, or now we're going well, to a Virginia Beach or something. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah it's too. like we're going out of town,
0: or this new routine is starting, or... You know what? Well, we're we're getting new furniture on that day, so we might as well do it after that. <laughs> you know, it was like there was always something that we would, um, you know, that would that would prevent it. And then, so finally, we were just like, let's just do it, and then just live our yeah. lives like we were planning on it. So we met. You know, we 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 have a friend of a friend who I guess you know hopefully now will just be our, our friends. Who they were looking <laughs> to rehome a cat because they had two cats and they got a and then a younger stray like found them and they cleaned up this cat and they got you know all her shots and, and got her spade and stuff like that and then like just didn't get along with the other female cat in the house and it was like a bat like they couldn't even be near each other. Anytime Aww. anytime the older female cat would come around the, the younger one would like just start shaking and and it was just not a healthy environment for them. And they're also pregnant not the cats but the humans are and so there's going to be now a baby entering that environment too and it's yeah. like man this so, is just we better yeah
1: so is this one of the cats that they had that they're rehoming or the stray that they're rehoming that they the found? stray who we think okay. is probably
0: like a year or two old um okay I,
1: I was gonna say i'm like if they're rehoming one of the cats that they had <laughs> that's know. like that that's kind of shitty yeah um, yeah
0: it's like getting a, it's like if you if your family you know if you have your family like adopted a kid and then got rid of you. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, Hang on. A like, second.
1: wait, wait, what's what's going Actually, on? You know Actually Sorry, this we is... can only have two kids. Tim, please what? please name your cat Susan Ross or Susan, Susan Ross. <laughs> Why?
0: Why Susan?
1: Susan, because George and Susan.
0: Oh, George and because then they'd be I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: George and Susan.
0: Um, what what about wait? She, Susan's middle name is like Biddle or Biddy yeah. or something like that. Uh, Su-
1: Susan Biddle Ross.
0: Yeah, Biddle's not a bad name for a cat. Biddle, That's I true. like that better than Susan. Can we want something fun? Like right now, the winning name in the house is Sushi. Sushi, sushi, yeah, which good. is kind of like Susan. It's very close. Uh,
1: you know, uh, f- full name can be Susan. Susan yeah, yeah. Sushi Murphy. Susan
0: Sushi Murphy. Yeah, sushi is short for Susan.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes, it's just, you know, the the same number of letters, (laughs) and you uh, just replace a couple.
0: (laughs) Right. I have so much more uh that i that i wanted to say but should we get going
1: yeah <laughs> might as might as well uh, <laughs> on the note of
0: dead pets and cremating on, them
1: on the note of dead pets and cremating <laughs> them what were we gonna bullshit about today well
0: okay i will mention then i forgot to mention only because it has to do with the show this real, is probably real where quick the, real yeah, quick this is around. probably where the content will start um, lightning bullshit i forgot to mention that i listened to randall park's rap group novelist which is <laughs> under um which is actually under spotify as ajax and randruff are novelists yeah. and randruff was his rap name and uh, their album is called bookends and i think it came out in 2008 and it's actually not bad and i almost didn't recognize randall park i'm like when is randall gonna rap and i'm like oh i guess this is him because he's like yeah really? i'm talking about rapping and everybody's ra-. i'm like that oh, doesn't sound God. like oh hi i'm, I'm randall park I'm in a Walmart commercial, and uh, I'm like, what in the hell? Because he sounds dope. I'm like, this is not, like, it's right up my alley as far as hip-hop goes. He wasn't talking about uh, working with Keanu Reeves. No, no. I mean, could you imagine uh, the biggest movie star on the planet is all of a sudden? I mean, that's not a bad Randall Park. Tell me, <laughs> right? It's pretty. I, it's
1: it's pretty yeah, close. I'm
0: like, but when he raps, he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna tell you what's happening. See you on the court, and that's why I'm rapping." But it's better than oh. like the like the lyrics are actually good. That's just me okay.
1: freestyling. <laughs> okay, that's okay. Good, good.
0: Okay, yeah. I was yeah. uh,
1: I was about to judge your your taste. <laughs> in hip-hop if, if like that's what he was actually saying <laughs> no i mean it's 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 good and and
0: i'm like when i was listening to it, i was like oh this must be ajax but then ajax is rapping and i'm like no that's him so the other guy must be randall that's pretty cool like so if you like jurassic five or Black Alicious or that like kind of new classic hip-hop you know it's not like gangster rap and it's definitely not you know anything that hip-hop is now but it's that like early 2000, well, you know, that's what it was. Fucking it was of its time, early 2000s rap is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is it's it's it is that kind of like Jurassic Five kind of sound. So I dig that. But the other. So check it out if that's, you know. If that's your thing because i'm um, i love how wide i am talking about hip-hop i'm like it's right up my alley as far as hip-hop goes like who's like <laughs> what the hell should we get going did i already ask you that you did but let's do it and then i think we blew right past getting started so all right welcome to no hugging no learning
1: it's a show about one thing watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time ever
0: i'm, I'm tim murphy and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season eight, episode two, the safe house. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, the divorce? We saw Mr. Paul F. Tompkins as Berg. I don't Alex Berg. I think is his his full name, right? Alexander Berg, something like that. Anyway, we wanted to know what he was up to in 2009. Probably already famous was our hypothesis, and we were correct paul francis tompkins in case you ever wonder what the f was for it's not an affectation to get into the union or anything like that hmm. uh, it's his real middle initial um 54 uh, comedian actor writer got his start in 86 uh, performing at the age of 17 in philly where he performed as the half of a sketch comedy huh. duo and then he went to temple university but he dropped out and left for la in 94 where he met actor, and future insurrectionist, Jay Johnston.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um. Actually, on the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm fandom page, uh, yeah. Berg does not have a first name. You might just be thinking of uh, of Alec Berg, the, uh, right. the Seinfeld.
0: He's got a great uh, John Houseman name, Alec Berg.
1: Ale- Alec Berg. Yeah, but I thought, yeah, I thought for it sure It looks like that... his name is just Berg, which okay, is weird. Okay, they never say his first name.
0: Yeah, so, uh, uh, and they met. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins and Jay Johnston met through their mutual friend, Uh, future actor and director adam mckay uh, who tompkins met in philadelphia where they both uh, got their start and then uh, paul f tompkins and jay johnston formed a sketch comedy show called the skates that bob odenkirk and david cross saw and then they got hired on mr show with bob and david in 96 so for mr show that led to uh, paul f tompkins hbo one-man show special um, I forget what it's called, like drinking, something about, anyway, it's a weird thing if you ever see it, because A, Paul F. Tompkins is very young, and also he's being, it's it's not a stand-up show, it's like a monologue, and there's like a bartender on the stage, and he sometimes talks to him and goes over and interacts with that part of the set, but then he talks to the audience, but it's very like, it's almost like the narration that went on in Wonder Years, it was like, so I went around, you know, it's, it's very rehearsed, and there's punchlines, and it's not stand-up at all, it's just very, a very... Uh, experimental thing and it's interesting to hear him talk about it too because he's like you know he's proud of it and he he had an hbo special in 98 for crying out loud but also he's like i know it was he was like i was attempting something and some of it worked and some of it didn't but he was already the host of best week ever when they decided to have a host in 2008 so by the time this episode rolled around, very well-known Paul F. Tompkins, I would say, especially by comedy fans like us and Best Week Ever fans, because I loved when they started doing that. I mean, because I loved Best Week Ever and I loved I loved the 80s and I love the 90s. And they should have a, a show called I Love, I Love the 80s, where people just watch clips of <laughs> the people talking about the 80s things and then talk about how great i love the 80s was
1: but not even anything about the 80s nothing about the 80s just the show i love the 80s even better what if we get this is how we start our network tim we get two gen z kids aged 20 who were infants whenever i love the 80s came on yeah uh okay maybe not like infants but you know (laughs) like very 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 young whenever i love the 80s was on we have them watch I love the eighties and react to these people reacting to these incredible things from the eighties. And then we expose them to the thing from the eighties. Yeah.
0: It's not a bad idea. I just, I just don't want anything in the show to be from the eighties. I just wanted to be like, I loved what Doug Benson said about that, thing from the 80s, but not, but I don't want to talk about <laughs> like, the thing from the eighties. I just want to talk about what the way Doug Benson looked and acted and, and what he said was funny or whatever.
1: Man, I I loved his enthusiasm in talking about this. Oh, what what's what what's it about? Oh, Stretch yeah. Armstrong. I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, Get yeah. it out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ew, gross. Yeah, we make them watch it and we edit out the parts that explain what they're talking. about. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, so even before Curb, he was already doing Best Week Ever. He had two additional one-hour specials in... Well, one was in 2010, one was in 2012, so they kind of sandwiched his appearance on the show. But then he went on to, you know, he did There Will Be Blood, he did Tangled. So, Paula Tompkins, as we suspected, it was just comedic actor scores guest role on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Jessica St. Clair, on the other hand, who plays Joel O'Donnell's current squeeze, Anna, you know, uh, on the show, who we thought I thought was going to have a bigger role because it comes up that Susie and Anna do Pilates together... Um, This was more I think of a you know up and coming comedian gets working role and you know and has one improvised line in in the episode because she doesn't pop up again. But uh, she's from Westfield, New Jersey, American actress, improv comedian, went to Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, frequent collaborator with and uh, with future Curb Your Enthusiasm guest Lennon Parham. So you might have heard their names together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They co-created and co-starred in NBC's Best Friends Forever, which ran for one season after this episode of Curb in the 2012 season. And in 2014, she got three seasons of a USA show called Playing House, which I don't remember. But her first major television work was as a regular panelist on the VH1 series Best Week Ever. So nice, have, yeah. <laughs> uh, but pre Curb, she really hadn't done. Too much. One of the most notable things she did was she was in the she was uh, in the unaired TV pilot of the U.S. version of the IT crowd. Have you heard of this show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the British IT crowd, which is one of the things that I caught up on when I was on Fun Employment, because um, I think it's on Hulu, and some of it has aged better than others, and the creator has mm. actually become a bit of an asshole since there's a famous unaired pilot that, like, I think Joel McHale was one of the guys on it, and I forget who the other one is, but it just didn't go two series but she was a a character on that uh oh she was in the goods live hard sell hard with um jeremy i think isn't that yeah uh a movie called taking chances she was in it's complicated which was a big movie i think with like diane keaton she's out of my league she was on two episodes of one of my other favorite hbo shows the life and times of tim which is hilarious if you've never seen it
1: that's like me saying one of my favorite shows is better off Ted. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> there aren't many Tim's on TV, so we gotta take a week and get there up.
1: aren't. There are not. But there's uh there's about as many Tims on TV as there are Ted's.
0: Yeah. There's a very famous of course, the US version of The Office. It was not Jim, it was Tim. So I could have had a very famous name if they hadn't fucked me over there when they brought it to the US. But yeah, Martin, Martin, what is his name? Martin Freeman played Tim on the British version of The Office. So they have a famous one over there. But Better Off Ted is a great show, though. I did love that show. Uh, Jessica St. Clair was on an episode of a show I really liked called Sons of Tucson, which had Tyler Labine in it. I don't even remember what it was about. It was about a, a divorced guy, maybe, and his three sons. And they lived in I, do, I don't remember what it was about but I, I, I Tyler remember, yeah. like Tyler the a I remember
1: the Fox
0: promos for that yes yeah and it didn't. It ran for, like, half a season I, or something. Yeah, I,
1: I don't know anything about the show, but I remember, like, it was definitely, it, it was definitely, like, one of the Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Yes. shows. Sandwiched between The Simpsons and Family Guy.
0: Totally, yeah. It was before animation domination. It was like, no, we can still or, put or, a live action show
1: here. Yeah, or, or in between, like, their runs of animation domination, because that came and went, like, three or four times.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: She was on an episode of
0: Parks and Rec. She was in Bridesmaids in 2011, so the same year as this episode. And then, as I mentioned, she was Casey Dean, who is standing in line with Ed Helms to try out for America next.
1: Oh, you're gone again.
0: Hopefully this doesn't happen anymore because, well, well, it's good news and bad news. I hope that you've gotten everything about uh, out that you can of that reconnected peacock. Account that we were texting about earlier this week, Ted. Because I had a door-to-door salesman come to my door and was like, "Hey, are you interested in Verizon FiOS?" And I was like, "You know what?
1: This, yes, you're a yes, me- I am. You're a
0: messenger from God because I've been wait. I've been saying it for so often. I was like, "Oh, oh, oh Xfinity, that's strike five, one more strike." And I'm <laughs>
1: like, every "You're point. you're lucky. Have- we're playing <laughs> Sandlot rules softball. Yeah, three like, more
0: outs and you're uh, out of here, bub." If Xfinity does 12 more things that piss me off, I'm definitely getting rid of it. Yeah, and so I, I signed up like right then and there with it with a door-to-door salesman. Nice. That's how I switched. Yeah. Wow. Now I, I, all I have to do, here's the here's the I have to get a hold of my sister, which isn't hard to do, but I still feel weird, like it's even weirder because we don't talk as much as we should, and now I'm contacting her just to get her HBO password, <laughs> just to get her Max password. Like I'm like, do I have to do the full family call or can I just text her and say, hey, what's your password? I'm pretty sure she texted me just for my Disney Plus password once, but I don't know. It's a weird because I don't want her to get all sensitive and go, oh, so we? Ne- you never call and talk and ask
1: me how I am, but God you just damn, want my Mac password. this is a fucking yeah. curb episode. This, <laughs> yeah, is, exactly. this is a season 12 curb episode of like, exactly. do I have to do the whole call? <laughs> yeah, I just, or can want I just the ask for the password. <laughs> yeah. Like if it was you,
0: like you just did to me, like what's your Peacock password? I didn't go, oh, Ted, you don't care how I'm doing or if but, anything's but new like, with me. But we talk, I, every, we, week. We we talk, talk every week. We talk so found, yeah.
1: often.
0: <laughs> but even if it was, let's say Jessica, I don't talk to Jess. You know, I don't talk to Jessica half as yeah, much. Would as you, I... Would
1: you see. ask Jessica for like a Disney Plus password if you needed it?
0: I'm trying to think of if, how I would feel if the tables were turned. But if she texted me, if she's if she had like, hey, do you have a Disney Plus password I can have? I wouldn't think anything of it. But for, with Jessica, I might. I would. I would probably just text her. Yeah. I probably would. I'm trying to think of someone who like would feel bad if I if I just asked them for a password without asking how they were or doing the yeah. full or faking I, it. I, you
1: know? I, I also I also like judge whenever I'm asking someone for a password if they've offered in the past or yes. if I had connected to it in the past. Right. And th- it's it's a it's kind of a dialogue tree. If yes, if I have been on that account in the past. Am I still close with that person?
0: Yeah. And I had previously connected, as you know, my sisters, Max. I made the mistake though of connecting it to my Xfinity box and not my Chromecast. I should have connected it to my Chromecast, and that's mm. and that made and that would be that, but I gotta now I have to get so anyway, we'll see. We will see. Um and, and then I'm like, do I press my luck and say can I have your Paramount password again, too? Because <laughs> oh. I don't watch that at all. But now that I'm going to have... Well, no, I'm going to have TV. I don't know. But yeah. I want it. You know?
1: See, it's a principle. I see, want it. I had it. I want it. <laughs> we 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 lost access to Paramount Plus for a while because I had it through my former co-host oh, who got boy. let Oh, go. Yeah, that's not... And I'm like, I can't... No. You I made can't the reach out to her <laughs> after she had been fired yeah and ask her for her Paramount plus password. can I? no but you <laughs> here's here, here's the thing though, Tim. Here's the thing. She didn't change her password uh, but she deleted my profile oh. on the on the account. So I was still logged in, but I could have just used her profile. and I made the decision to not do that. I made the decision. To go into her profile just to log out and delete the app. I'm uh, like, eh, I don't.
0: And there don't, was no. I, was there any other profiles like a family member, like mom and dad that you
1: could have used? It was, <laughs> it was it was a her and her boyfriend uh, or ex boyfriend. Oh, that one on you could have them. used.
0: Yeah, I could have. Who cares, buddy? But it's not like it, yeah. it's not like
1: anyone's gonna notice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could have, but also I am just like look. I just yeah. wanna. I just wanna sever these ties.
0: These are two great concurrent storylines, I think, that you, you're right. They're, they're two great curb storylines. Or maybe the full, maybe just maybe we mold them into one A story. But yeah, I agree with you. But yeah, you, you, if you would have logged into hers, like, if you start watching something, you better finish it. Because you can't leave it in in um, continue, you know. No. You can't leave no. it in the whatever that is. I better call. sit
1: down and I watch all of that in a single sitting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you got to watch the whole thing or you got to go delete it and then remember where you are so you can fast forward to it the next time. (laughs) Yeah, that's too much work. But so before we were so rudely interrupted by soon-to-be-dead Xfinity, I was about to mention that in 2013, so two years after uh, this episode of Curb, Jessica St. Clair, yes, we're still talking about her, was in the second-to-last episode of The Office as someone who's standing in line with Ed Helms for America's Next Great Acapella Singer or whatever that uh, fake American Idol (laughs) reality show, which, by the way, is super weird to go back and watch because one of the guest judges is Aaron Rodgers, who was like... Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Who looks... Obviously, because Aaron Rodgers from last year looks different from Aaron Rodgers now. But like seeing him, like young and clean cut, and like I am just an NFL quarterback. I'm not even the most famous person on this panel that includes Clay Aiken. Like that was the that was the big star on that the fake judges panel that they had. But it's also Aaron Rodgers, and I'm like, oh my god, he is like such a bigger deal now than he was in 2012. It's crazy because I'm sure when I was watching The Office, I didn't know who he was, and now like everybody, even if you don't watch sports, they know who he is. So the other person I wanted to know who it was was the security guard at the end of the episode, Eugene Cordero. He's 37, American actor, writer, comedian from Detroit. He's been on House of Lies, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, The Good Place. Let me see, Outside of Comedy. Oh, here's where I probably recognize him from. He was on Loki. As one of the office workers uh, where Owen Wilson works, I forget that office, uh, but he plays Casey, one of the office workers. I think that's why I recognize him from. He was also on Kong Skull Island. Uh, he was also part of Upright Citizens Brigade, I'm guessing in NYC, uh, because he was a member of the ASCAT troupe, which is like kind of their big uh, performing troupe that, that a lot of fame, it was like a big deal going to the ask cat show on saturday or sunday nights i'd always get famous people to do the monologues for it and he was on drunk history so i probably recognize him from that kroll show silicon valley he was also on the office he was also on brooklyn 99 he was on bajillion dollar properties with paul f tompkins and then he was also in 2019 he was also on the mandalorian so i probably recognize him from that and like every other talented improviser such as paul f tompkins and jessica st clair he's been on bob's burgers before so Again, probably just recognize Eugene Cordero from uh, everything. Uh, Gary Cole, meanwhile, was already a you know established actor by 2011, but he revealed in 2014 that Curb was on his wish list of shows to work on. So he got his wish. And uh, finally, just one little bit of uh, trivia here. I guess this is a bit of a goof because I don't know if you can count it as. No, it's not a continuity error. It's just a little bit of a goof. Larry and Marty are stopped from entering the Dodgers luxury suite by security. However, they probably wouldn't have even made it into the stadium because their tickets would have been at will call and everyone needs a ticket to enter the stadium. You don't get to go up to the window and say, oh, I'm in one of the suites. I'm on the list at that they have at the suite. Those tickets would have already been like, you know, printed out and it would have said suite on them. And otherwise they're in the stadium with like no place to sit. A bit of a uh, a goof there as far as going to live sporting events
1: goes, and that is all. Ooh, I know. All right. I know this is a super <laughs> long one. <laughs> this is gonna be a long one. Yeah. Oh my god! I, know. I am uh, I'm not looking forward to, to <laughs> editing this. But uh, all right, we got any more continuity or news or anything? Nope. not that I saw. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show, despite the last fifty eight <laughs> minutes. Being almost exclusively research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 12 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. You can also DM us on our brand spanking new Instagram, nohugging underscore learning. If you uh, like us a little bit, give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify, if you use either of those apps. Uh, You can listen on any other app as well. If you like us a lot a bit, join us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you get extra bonus content Every single week, you get early access to all of our episodes, and all the episodes you're going to listen to, they're much longer. <laughs> Remember how I said that we've been recording for 58 minutes? I don't know what that's going to be on uh, on the free feed whenever you're probably listening to this. I don't know, 20 minutes? <laughs> 25 minutes? Where did that extra 30 minutes go? It's over at Patreon dot com slash no hugging want to give a shout out to the people over there liam m michael klatsky drybones nate collins Tamara ortiz the guys and gals over at the ittyville podcast john murphy danica lagorio J dog conlord nick kudla adam webb and megan Stolarski. thank you guys so much again patreon.com slash no hugging all of that being said season eight episode two the safe house Original air date July seventeenth, twenty eleven. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you were going to see Larry becomes an unlikely role model for battered women, and Richard Lewis's relationship with a burlesque performer is put to the test.
0: I mean, put to the test is a little hilarity ensues, but yeah,
1: I don't, I don't really like that, but I do like. I do like just mentioning his relationship with a burlesque performer.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll try to make it better when we get to the end. We might be able to. We'll see. Uh, We open at a grocery store, and Larry wants some chubby hubby ice cream, but two women are blocking the freezer that he has to open to get it. One is sobbing uncontrollably, and uh, the other one is, like, consoling her.
1: Tim, how do you feel about crying adults?
0: I would prefer not to be around them. Like yeah, I am a I'm a walk I'm a walk backwards out of the room person if yeah, I came I upon a, a crying adult. I
1: I I hate being around a crying adult. Uh, and it's even worse if you're like trapped in a scenario with a crying adult. If, if it's, but if it's like, if it's more than one people, you know, if it's someone like telling a sad story and it's a bunch of people sobbing, that's totally different. But if yeah. it's like one person crying for a very specific reason and everyone else is like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, I would chew my arm off. So yeah, so uncomfortable to
0: get out of that situation. But I like Larry's fake. You know, he's trying to he's trying to like move along the crying, like speed it up. It's almost a team like because he goes ah ah. You know, like that's gonna make her go like okay. uh, People have reacted. I'm done crying now. So his awes were ah (laughs) ah 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 ah. He was like now. But now he's like, now can we just move a little to the left or a little to the right? (laughs) Uh, He tries sneaking in from the other, from the side, the the freezer he can open. But the woman like yells at him. And then he asks why, what's going on, what the situation is. And the woman goes, it's none of your business. You're This is public. You're making it my business. Either you tell me what's going on, or you move the fuck out of the way. Like, that's the way I would look at it if I was Larry. I mean, none of your business. Yes, it is. It's everyone's 100%. business.
1: 100%. Like, this is, this is a grocery store. This yeah. is a supermarket. Like, this, yeah. is a, this is a public area. This is a very public space.
0: You are making it all of our business. All of our businesses. It's all of our business. It's Um, all of our (laughs) business. Yeah, exactly. And then, so he finally, like, what you think, he goes away. And then the camera's kind of zoomed in on the women crying in front of the freezer again. And you see just a hand sneaking in from the other side, from the other freezer door that he is able to open. And he sort of, like, fumbles the ice cream and he knocks it all down. So over at the Organic Panifico Cafe, which closed in, get this, October of 2010. Holy so, shit! Yeah, probably closed. Like <laughs> it closed right after they filmed <laughs> this. Yeah, they like walked out, and then they just they closed it down. Well, here's the other weird thing.
1: <laughs> they closed it down for filming, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck it. Let's just yeah. get be,
0: let's just be <laughs> done with it." Yeah, yeah I'm not. Uh, but let me look this up because it was closed by the county of Los Angeles for being like a nuisance bar. Really? Yeah, um, this was October of 2010. Let me see. They called it the Marina del Rey Pseudo-Italian Eatery Plus Live Music Venue. The owner of the place posted this on the restaurant's website on thursday september 16th the county of los angeles was successful in obtaining a restraining order to terminate all live music and entertainment at the venue accordingly we are ceasing our entertainment options immediately consistent with the judge's order we will be shutting down the restaurant as well despite having proper licenses and fighting numerous court battles hearings government agencies and all the challenges of the current economic situation the entity as a whole had finally started to make money and become profitable however As a direct result of a direct competitor and neighboring resident and his persistent badgering of the county, the county of L.A. in its infinite wisdom has taken this action. A shining example of our government at work yet once again to create jobs and stimulate the economy. So 80 plus people are out of work. In addition to the 50 to 150 musicians, backline people, stagehands, sound engineers, bookers, and others who we employ each week. Obviously, I'm very disappointed with the judges' ruling. I want to thank all of you who are who are support of the waterfront and what we are trying to do. So, closed down for a very weird reason. I don't know what uh, yeah. the situation was there. But, Odd. Yeah. Uh, the county of Los Angeles shut this restaurant down probably, again, right after they started filming. Or stopped filming. <laughs> um, it was... At, um, let me see, oh, 4211 Admiralty Way and Marina Del Rey. It is now Killer Sushi. And I guess Killer Sushi is a little bit better of a tenant because uh, it's still there. <laughs> um, Je- uh, Jeff and Larry are there having lunch with Marty Funkhauser. And they talk about how Marty tells them that Richard Lewis is dating a burlesque dancer. Marty has to tell them she has magnificent breasts. And then Larry says, this was such a – Funk shines in this episode. He's got so many great lines. He's so
1: good. He's so good in this one.
0: Larry goes, what's she like? And he goes, she's dumb. (laughs) 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 Just flat out. And Jeff cracks up at that, like rightly so. I love how hard Jeff laughs at that. Um, And then Richard Lewis comes in and joins them from – this is weird because it it never really comes back up. He's like, oh, I was on a call with a suicidal ex-girlfriend. And yeah. Larry's like, you know, that that seems like a big plot point to just improvise. But and Larry's like, you know, I don't think you would be my suicide call. He's like, Well, a lot of people call me who are contemplating suicide. Um,
1: and then funk Man, I wouldn't want to have that burden. Yeah. I mean, get I'll I'll be that contact for like, you know, whoever needs it. But like, if I'm gonna be that person for everybody, <laughs> yeah, I know. Whoa, whoa, all righty.
0: Yeah. But in, but this doesn't really come back up again. It's just something like he needed a reason to be late, and he picked the heaviest reason possible. Not oh, there was traffic. It was just oh, I was on the phone with a suicidal ex-girlfriend. Like what? Why do you have to? Why did yeah, you have to it's go some, there?
1: It's, it's pretty. It's pretty major.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know the the bills get spied. The bills. The beans get <gasps> spilled. Not the bills get spined, Uh That Richard is dating a burlesque dancer. That Marty told. Jeff and Larry and so I mean the riffs just start flying between friends it was just so funny like the the, the riff machine guns start firing immediately and but, but once again Marty has the best line because he deadpans he's like look he, it's almost like he's gonna bring the room back down he's like okay we've all had our last but look have you set a date when you're finally gonna look at her face
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and Richard even looks at him he's like I hate you that was good that was yeah. really good that was really funny yeah and then
0: I, I forget. Does he have this too? Because Richard's like, you know what? It's not just about her body. You know, she gives a charity. And then someone goes, milk? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was Richard too. That was Richard. You small. mean that was
0: funk? Was that funk too?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. That's what I thought I meant. it might have yeah, been that, Jeff. That was, yeah. Yeah. No, that was Marty as well. He, like, <laughs> she gives a charity? What? Milk?
0: Milk? Yeah. And he's She's like, okay, that was funny children? too, but I hate yeah. you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so Richard he has to go off to he can't even he can't even chill for lunch because he's got to go (laughs) off to an audition so he just sits down and gets back up essentially after getting roasted by his friends shows up gets roasted and leaves oh my gosh it was so I mean it was so funny and I wonder I'm like was this one take like did they just because imagine having to laugh and have that reaction every time at those jokes I was like were there alts that they were just trying everything and did they film for like half an hour and just get it all out of their system the best ones, I don't know, but it was it's brilliant television. I got to tell you. Um, and so Marty's like, you know what? We should go see her dance. And you know, at first they're like, oh, I don't know, like, we're like we don't have to tell Richard, like, you know. And so Jeff doesn't need any convincing to go to a strip club, but Larry's like, I don't know. It feels kind of, you know. And and Marty's like, all right, let's do it. And then he like puts his hand into the table, and Larry like <laughs> stares at. Him. He's like, no. What are you doing? Doing the we're hands not doing in. That. Yeah. And Marty's like, no, come on. I did a hands in. He's like, uh, he's like, I'll go. But Larry does finally relent. He's like, fine, let's go. I'm in. Uh, and so Marty and Jeff leave. And that's when Curtis Armstrong comes over and asks Larry to watch his laptop. This is, uh, of course, famous, you know, character actor, Curtis Armstrong from Better Off Dead, Revenge of the Nerd Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. That's how a lot of people know him. Um, but he's, uh, you know, a, a great actor. Uh, from back in the day and he asked Larry to watch his laptop. And uh, while he goes to the to he doesn't even say he's going to the bathroom. He's like, "I got to run outside. Can you just watch my laptop?" He yeah, he, I don't does he even say run outside. He says, "I have to run have to for run. a second. Yeah. Can you just watch my laptop?" Yeah, exactly. And I always loved like one of my I know it's a meme or something, so I can't remember the exact language, but I remember like in college this being a thing cuz you'd be in the library and it's like, "Hey, fellow stranger who i for some reason trust with my thousand dollars worth of uh, electronics will you watch this while i go to the bathroom you know it's like why do you have any reason to trust that person like they're just sitting there too but it's that same kind of situation and so he asks him to watch and, and larry agrees but then the guy takes forever like larry pays his check he gets it back he still waits and so he's taking forever so he asks jerry minor to take over so we have like two awesome you know, well-known, maybe not well-known now, but I mean, Jerry Minor I think, was on The Daily Show for a while, at least. Um, a recognizable face now. Uh, he asked Jerry Minor to watch the computer. And so back at home, Larry is pulling in to see Michaela Watkins walking her dog. So now we have another thir- a third recognizable actor. Yeah, great uh, a great episode for, yeah, for guest stars. Guest stars, totally. I don't know. May- maybe I'll have to write down. There might not be any inter- anything interesting about Jerry Minor, but we'll, I'm, you know, might have to see what he was up to around this time. And-, and Michaela Watkins, too, was just like, this had to have been pre-SNL. That's when she hit my radar, but maybe it wasn't. I know it was pre-New Girl. You remember her from New Girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, she's always funny. She didn't last long on SNL, but she didn't really fit in with the I don't know, for something about her, her sensibility didn't match up with the show, but um you know it, it she was good on it while she lasted, I thought. Uh, but she's walking her dog and it, it is crapped on Larry David's front lawn. and so he yells at her and he tells her he is yelling at her for society. You don't have to yell at me he's, I'm yelling at you for society. So we get a little bit of a Costanza. <laughs> we live in a society moment here from Larry David. And he tries to tell her, you know, when you go... she's like, I just don't have a bag. And he's like, when you go out, when you have a dog, you have a bag. They go together. Dog and bag. You just always go. And he, like, runs her off. Because she's, like, you know, very, um, uh, you know, off-put by this guy yelling at her. Even though he's kind of in the right, we find out that, that she's touchy about men yelling at her for a certain reason. Uh, so over at Pink Slipper Burlesque, which... Totally looks like a real place. I couldn't find any instance of it is actually. What? Huh. I couldn't. I couldn't find that it actually existed. Except that there's a great website that has just popped up recently for some reason. Maybe they only started doing like season uh, seven or eight locations. But this is the first time they've really come in handy. It's whereislarrydavid.com. and it's just like <laughs> text and inline photos. There's barely any formatting at all to this website, um, and it's ninety. Curb Your Enthusiasm locations. So this is one time when it really helped me out because this is actually a place called Senator Jones that I think they just hung up a sign on, on like the back of it. Okay. Yeah, that's my guess. It's at 2020 Wilshire in Santa Monica. Um, and so I don't, I, I don't know if it, if it used to be real because you figure like, you know, pink slipper burlesque Los Angeles, you'd be able to pull up at least like a LA magazine article about it. Or something you know from back in the day but I couldn't find any evidence that it actually existed Uh, so those might just be a fake sign they threw up on on Senator Jones but Funk and Jeff and Larry and Leon are all there watching the show and Richard Lewis girlfriend starts dancing and she actually gets topless and the dudes are just like mouths agape at seeing their friend's girlfriend uh, topless and and Leon especially is like a, a connoisseur of women as we know and so he's like those tits are talking she's communicating right now <laughs> um and he had
1: uh, he had another line that i oh, i wrote down what did he what did he say oh he's like uh it's like jello pudding inside those motherfuckers <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's very eloquent in his description but um and then the guys leave and as they're driving out they pass Richard Lewis in the parking lot. And if this is not a meme template, <laughs> we have to replace the Umbrella Academy, uh, Elliot Page and the other you know the car meme that I'm talking about where it's like, you know, third shift leaving for work and first shift coming in or whatever, and they look shocked to see each other. Like this is a meme, a
1: template. I'm gonna if I oh if yeah, I need to grab it. You know what I'm talking about now? I, I'm, I'm looking at yeah. I'm looking at the meme you're talking about, yeah. yeah. um so
0: uh, we need to replace that with not that that hasn't you know we can use both i guess but if if we ever have to make the meme we're using larry and his friends passing richard lewis in their car because it's perfect it's the exact same thing (laughs) um back over at the organic panafico cafe whatever it's called uh richard lewis is there with larry and he's upset that they went to see Stella without telling him. And now they've seen her topless. And and Larry's like, well, you know, you're dating a stripper. You can't be upset when people see her uh, naked. And Stella actually joins the lunch. And she's first thing she said when she sits down and meets Larry is like, oh, my gosh, you're not that old. He made you sound
1: (laughs) super old. (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I think she even says, like, he, he he said you were, like, as old as his grandfather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, Larry's like, I, I'm
0: only two days older than you or something like that. No, he
1: was. said Richard is two days older Richard's than Larry. Richard's even older than Larry. So yeah, Richard's go, yeah. older. He's the older one.
0: Yeah, but he had to just, you know, denigrate his friend so that. And Larry tells her that, you know, he saw the show and they both are, like, talking about the art form. And I like that Richard's like, oh, what do you know about burlesque? And he's like, well, I know a lot because I saw Gypsy with Natalie Wood, which is a movie that I saw <laughs> again. It's not like dirty or anything because it's like 50s Broadway, but it is about burlesque. And so, you know, they got as dirty as they could in the 50s or whatever. But I saw it like my sister was in. She played young June or baby June or something like that in a like community theater version of Gypsy. So I had to like go to rehearsals and stuff. So that's another musical that I know <laughs> a ton of songs to uh, whenever it's on. But it is about that world. Um,
1: Yeah. I, I, I gotta say, I love how, like, Larry's trying to make it, like, about the art. Yeah. And then, uh, do, do we learn her name is Stella here? I think we do, because I, I wrote it down I, here. Okay. Uh, so, we. Uh, so yeah, Larry's trying to make it about the art, and then Stella's like, oh, so you saw my air-fucking routine. That was great. Because
0: they are talking <laughs> about it in a very academic way. He's like, oh, yes, yeah. that was great. She's like, oh, and then, what did you think of the air-fucking number? And he was like, <laughs> the air-fucking number? was sensational. Like it's <laughs> like it's very textbook and scientific and academic. It's like they're not like, oh yeah, your vagina was blah blah blah, or I saw your tits. <laughs> it's very like, you know, <laughs> it's very appropriate discussion. And you know, she's like literally interested in his opinion and stuff like that. She's like, oh you know about do you know about Burlesque? He's like, well I appreciate you appreciate it. He's like, well I appreciate naked women. He's like, I I am a connoisseur of naked women or something like that. Um, And he even says like, because again, you know, he doesn't say tits or anything. He's like, your breasts are magnificent. They look magnificent or something like that. And then he's like, I do want to tell you, you have a small mole on the inside, the underneath on the inside of your right breast. You might want to get checked out or something like that. And Rich is like, what are you talking about? Larry's like, I have breast vision. I can I could see very clearly what was going on there. So we saw a tiny mole on the underside of, you know, a, very, a part of her breast. It's very hard to see. Larry was able to clock. Uh, so out front, Larry runs into Curtis Armstrong again. And he was like, oh, hey, look who it is. My computer was gone when I came back. And he's like, well, you took so long. I had to get somebody else to watch you. He was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I gave it to a black guy. And the delivery of the sign... <laughs> You gave it to a black guy? And Larry just lets him sit in that,
1: which was so great. He like
0: just kind of shifts his stance and looks at him again and lets him realize what he said. And he goes, because of course you would. In fact, I was looking for a black guy to give it to. But I didn't see one, and so I gave it to you. <laughs> I love that part. That way, that way of backpedaling is so funny. <laughs> I would have rather have given it to a black guy than you, but uh... <laughs> why wouldn't
1: you? Like, I, I don't know. Does Larry say another thing in this scene, or is it just? Uh, is it just? No, Uh, Curtis Armstrong's character just kind of backpedaling and and talking to himself. I don't think he does. I think Larry just keeps looking at him and letting him like backpedal
0: slash dig his own hole. Yeah, and because Leon pulls up in Larry's car, he's picking him up, and he explains the situation to Leon, and you know, Leon, he's sort of forced to tell Leon it was a black guy. He's like, What do you mean? Who'd you give it to? what do he look like? he's like, Well, okay, it was a black guy. And then Leon's like, oh, well, now I feel bad. The black guy stole this computer, you know, it seems like. Because he tells him all the ways and that he like catalogs all the ways he could rip off Larry David every single day like oh you know I got your car I could have driven off in that I know exactly where the keys are uh you know I know your security system code it's blah 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 I know you remember when you gave me your ATM card and told me to go get some money and uh, I can do your signature it's a big L and then the Larry David part is just squiggles I know your mother's maiden name he just goes on and on and on about it and Larry's like what where are the keys? He's like, they're in the car. He's like, I'm driving. Get out of there. I'm, I'm driving. <laughs> he's like, How do you know my mother's name? Are you going through my shit <laughs> as they're driving off? He's like, yelling at him about knowing all this stuff. I just loved him rattling off all of the ways. He's like, Oh, you see, I have refrained from ripping you off, even though I could do that. Let me count the ways. <laughs> um, so back at home, uh, Margaret, Larry's neighbor, knocks on the door, uh, rings the doorbell. She's at the door, and it happens to be the woman from the store that was consoling the woman that was sobbing in front of the freezer. And she is kind of the mom at this safe house that is in the neighborhood. And it's a safe house for... She's like, well, you know, we don't like to use this term. I don't like to use it, but they call them battered women. And the woman that was walking the dog that you yelled at, she's also a resident there. And Larry refers to them as a sorority, which the woman has to go... uh, You know, it's not... (laughs) It's not, that's not really what we call it. It's not a sorority house, uh, but Sandra, that's the dog walker. She's upset and obviously the woman crying. She, so she invites Larry to apologize and he doesn't think he has anything to be sorry for because the dog was crapping in his yard and you were in the wrong for standing in front of the cooler. So he's not down with that. But when she drops that, this is a chance to represent mankind. Well, now that is a noble cause. That's something Larry is up for. <laughs> for representing mankind in a positive light to these women who may not have great relationships, who definitely don't have good relationships with men. And so he's like, you know what? Let's go right now. He's like, Hey, and I might even get a date out of it. Right. And she goes, well, let's remember boundaries. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a funny button to the scene though. when he's like, yeah, I might get a date too. And she's like, well, let's remember boundaries. <laughs> uh, so over at the safe house, first of all, Larry compliments the house, which I gotta, I gotta say as well. I'm like, I can't believe there's like a, state run or a county run like this is a program that lives in this beautiful santa monica neighborhood full of like multi-million dollar houses i'm like yeah how is that that does seem out of place i gotta say because larry <laughs> walks in and he's like wow this is beautiful and he's also says to the ladies you know as if they didn't have enough issues already he's gonna force a eating disorder on them because they're like oh wow look at this what you're eating you're going crazy with the cake i hope you guys are working out Oh, my uh, God. Because my, my father would call this crap. You guys are eating crap. <laughs> Jeez. He apologizes to Sandra. She's like, well, your anger is your problem. It's not my problem anymore. And, you know, the. the to her credit, the head of you know the, Margaret is like well I mean come on he's said he's sorry even though like let's take the apology and, and Larry's not pleased with that lukewarm reception so he apologizes to Karen who was the woman who was crying in front of the freezer and she's much warmer uh you know she gives a much warmer reception like oh wow I wasn't expecting an apology but thank you but then Larry goes on and sort of digs himself out of that warm reception <laughs> uh, and then there's a very burly woman who walks through the room named Dale in between seeing dale we learn that like uh sandra asks if this was the motivate or the inspirational speaker that we were getting and larry also like then digs in on her he's like what happened to you inspirational speaker what's wrong with you i'm like that was a weird way to put that yeah because it never really goes anywhere except that he's you know again digging in on battered women and then dale comes back out and she's like your washing machine's fucked (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and Larry offers his washing machine. He's like, you know what? Come over anytime. You can do the laundry at my place. He's like, how about a little round of applause for me for that? <laughs> I like that he goads a, he cajoles a round of applause uh, from them. And she's like, oh, well, uh, okay. Everyone begrudgingly like gives him a round of applause. And he's like, hey, how about this marm? How about this marm here? I like that he used such an old timey term for like a house marm. <laughs> um You know, what a great marm. And then he grabs a donut on his way out before leaving. Uh, over at sci-sci Sushi Bar, which was at 501 South Olive Street in the famous Biltmore Hotel in downtown LA. Uh, tons of movies have been filmed there in their ballrooms and stuff like that. And uh, now Curb Your Enthusiasm, I guess, has. It closed in 2012 to refocus as a stripped down noodle bar. So it was Sci Sci Noodle Bar for a while. And now it is for lease, the last time Google Maps drove by, anyway. No restaurant in the space there at the Biltmore. Uh, Richard Lewis and Larry are there, and Stella, and she got the mole checked out, and it's fine, but she thanks Larry again for pointing it out. And she's like, You know, when I was at the doctor, you know, we got to talking, and uh, I was doing a little thinking, and she's getting a breast reduction, she says and larry and richard try to talk her out of it immediately uh, well
1: they, they they first think that she's kidding
0: yeah yeah like oh that's hilarious she's so funny <laughs> yeah i'm getting a breast reduction but then she's like no you know i've always had this back pain and i just could and larry's like advil you take advil for that and yeah. <laughs> and richard and richard makes up this cantilever bra where he's like you put rocks on the other side of your bra to even it out <laughs> like what <laughs> And she makes the comparison, like, well, what if you had gigantic balls you had to carry around all the time? And and Larry, and I got to agree with him here, as crass as it is, like, there's no comparison. Like, people want to see breasts. Nobody wants to see balls. Like, having gigantic balls is only something that, like, you say. It's not, like, actually indicative of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Conventional attractiveness. You know what I mean? Like, I, I agree with him there. I think it's a bad comparison. She's so upset with their reaction, like, trying to talk her out of it. She's like what are you only with me for my breasts and it's at that point that larry as a true bro defends richard lewis is like oh no no look at that look at that you hurt the man you hurt the man and richard lewis has this like <laughs> mopey despondent look on his face oh hmm oh and he's like oh look look you hurt his feelings <laughs> oh. uh and so stella gets up to go to the bathroom and then richard lewis digs in on larry's like this is your fault you had your I love this. He was like you were looking at her breast with a telescope like Galileo jerking off from forty feet away. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this was such a good <laughs> yeah. fucking line. Like Galileo jerking off was was hilarious. But then both of them turned their ire back to Stella. How dare she? Because how dare she, Ted, do what yeah, she wants it, with her how, own
1: body? How how, <laughs> how how dare she do something that is uh, medically best for her? It's selfish. <laughs> they literally say the word selfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. And now you know where the modern Republican Party gets all their, like, what well, we we we're going to tell women what they can do with their bodies. Um. So back at home, Leon and Larry are talking titties and whether black people can turn blue. Uh, when some women you know some women from the uh, shelter home whatever you want to call it they're washing their clothes and dale walks by and leon asks leon is, is, is amazed as amazed as larry when he first saw him, he's like who could fuck that up he's like you and me couldn't take her <laughs> um and then larry suspects that you know maybe she lied to get in such a nice safe house. She was probably like friends. I like how Larry makes up theories like this. Like, for instance, that someone has a neck brace. The only reason is because of cunnilingus, if there wasn't a car accident. I forget what the one from the last episode was, but there was just as crazy a conspiracy theory that is all of a sudden gospel truth. He's like, you know what? I bet she lied to get into the safe house. She had a friend who was like, this house is great, and she lied about being a battered woman to get into the safe house. And so Larry goes into the laundry room and asks her, and he's like, because I got to tell you, I don't see anyone taking you down. And Jesus then Christ. she pulls back a fist, which frightens Larry enough that he cowers and falls to the ground <laughs> <laughs> and collapses <laughs> like a house of cards much like I would in the same situation. Not that I'd put myself in that situation, but uh, you know, if anyone reared back on me like that, I'd for sure go and collapse into the fetal position. So over at century city medical Plaza, which is at 2080 century park East in century city. It also looks like the building that was Berg's office. I couldn't, find a location on that last time but it, it kind of looks like the same thing yeah the doctor there I mean,
1: there could be a doctor's office in in the same building you know yeah. a, a, nice, a nice business park building
0: yeah exactly it's just like offices and stuff and it looked like there was like mm-hmm. a wells fargo bank at the bottom or something like that over at century city medical plaza the doctor is asking larry how he got a black eye larry is there with a the black eye and he's like oh well you know i uh <laughs> I said Talking so, to somebody at home. Yeah. I said something said I shouldn't something have. Said something I
1: shouldn't uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> And then he's like, you know, I I fell. I, I fell. And I hit. He was like, but you know, I, I deserved it. <laughs> I deserved it. And then Leon comes barging into the little consultation there and demands money. And it's, Larry's totally, like, oh,
1: Totally yeah. aside, the doctor learns yeah. that Leon is living with Larry. Yeah. And, they're, oh, they're in the same house. And, oh, <laughs> Leon is... He's angry. He demands some money for the snack machine. Leon's like, oh, just put it on my tab. And Leon goes over, can't get anything out of the snack machine, starts hitting the snack machine. The doctor, at least uh, correctly for him, he doesn't have any other prior context, starts putting two and two together. That hey, maybe this uh, black eye is caused by Leon here.
0: Yeah, and it's it's as funny, I think, maybe not as funny, I don't know. But it's... It's almost as funny as the nine-year-old situation that, that whole misunderstanding that people keep having about Larry when he's like, oh, you know, I, I'm seeing this nine-year-old and she keeps texting me and we were in a fight and I gave her a present. It's, it's totally harmless, but people think that it's actually, oh, she had a rash on her pussy and then blah blah blah. <laughs> um, but yeah, because he comes in and demands money and Larry's like, can you see I'm in pain? And Leon's like, I know, I'm sorry. You know, so that all, he's sorry, he's in pain. But the doctor hears, like you were saying, some of these little beats that I like were like that one where Leon's like, I know, I'm sorry, man. And so that makes it sound like it was Leon's fault, right? Like, you know, and and then Leon leaves and he's like, oh, this guy, I didn't even ask him to move in. and He just starts living here and he's taking all my money and he won't leave. I can't get him to move out. And yeah, so the doctor, but when Leon even leaves, he's like, all right, man, I love you. Love you, man. And Larry's like, all right, I love you too. You know, they're just saying it as bros. But again, the doctor only knows what he sees in front of his eyes and Leon getting violent with the snack machine. Like you mentioned. And the doctor is all like, is there anything? Cause look, this is private. Is there anything in confidence that you want to tell me right now about what actually happened? And Larry's like, Larry's like puzzled. He's like, no, why would you think anything? <laughs> But just the way Larry explains, like, "Well, I said something I shouldn't have, and oh, I fell. I don't know. I just thought it was really funny and well written. Uh, the whole thing because he's shocked. Like, why would you think that? I don't get it. Why would you think there's something I need to tell you? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so over at Baskin Robbins, uh, Richard Lewis calls Larry because the the breast reduction is a go, and Richard is planning a breast blowout on Thursday. <laughs> ahead of her surgery on Friday they're going to go to the Biltmore downtown so interesting that you know we were already there at the sushi place and and we're going to go back to the the famous downtown hotel and he's like I'm going to have here's where all right I'm going to wait till the end of the episode to explain what I my misunderstanding here but okay. but Richard you know Larry's like oh great yeah the breast blow out then Larry is at Baskin Robbins and just sees the back of a black guy's head but he does notice that he has an iMac like Curtis Armstrong had that was stolen that he got Jerry Miner to watch. and So he goes over there and he's like, oh, well, here you are with the computer. What do you know? And before he realizes, it's not the same black guy. Uh... And so, <laughs> yeah, in another very Costanza, because you remember uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, oh, I suppose we all look alike to you, don't we, Costanza? With his old boss, it, it, Larry David gets the same treatment. Oh, I guess you think all black people look alike. But I like Larry David's out here. He's like, I think all computers
1: look alike (laughs) yeah save of the century from larry david oh my god because even even the guy sitting there is like okay yeah
0: he points at him he's got to give it to him he's like ah okay (laughs) yeah no i think all computers look alike uh so over at do browse market which i cannot believe i had three signs visible in this seen and I couldn't find one of these Damn, I couldn't find really? places at all yeah I, I wow. was so shocked right. like first of all I when you Google do market all you get is a shit ton of stories about some real housewife whose last name is do who put her mansion on the market So this Uh, Heather Dubrow Dubrow Dubrow,
1: house market on the
0: market. Yeah. So you put Dubrow's market. It's like Dubrow's mansion off the market. Dubrow. I'm like, Oh God. And so then I was like, Oh, then I see there's like Plaza cleaners. I'm like, surely that one would be nope. And then you can see even the salon name is like Sido Salon and Spa or something like that. Could not find any evidence of any three of these businesses Damn. ever existing in Los Angeles. Yeah, the greater Los a- Angeles area. Absolutely crazy. I, I really feel like my uh, skills let me down in this case. The Richard Lewis is there and he runs into Sandra and Dale who are standing in front of a freezer. And Richard lays his hands on Dale to kind of, move her out of the way but you know that's can can be a triggering thing for a woman uh, in her situation and so she tells him you know don't put your hands on me and richard's like oh well you look like you can take care of yourself and uh, uh. and, and then, <laughs> uh dale slams the freezer door on richard lewis
1: <laughs> yeah we don't uh, know on what we just we just hear a, a big old crunch yeah crunch and scream ah um so back at home
0: Bob that's Jerry Miner's name Bob shows up with the computer he tracked down Larry David he couldn't wait and so rather than he was like I didn't see anybody trustworthy so I just took the computer with me and I was trying to track you down uh and so Larry's like oh my gosh that's great I tell you what, I got to run over to uh this other house but go wait inside the house and I'll be right back why he has the computer <laughs> right there he didn't have to wait he could have just said oh no I'll just I'll give you the computer or I'll drop it inside and leave. Why did he have to wait? I know it's for yeah. the story, but it's it makes no sense. It doesn't. No. It doesn't. Also, why did he have the computer and not the charger? I thought for sure. Maybe oh. maybe Curtis Armstrong didn't have the charger. Maybe he but didn't I, have the charger. Yeah, yeah, must not have. And then that's when the cops show up and they like knock on the door. And since no one's there you know bob gets up and he answers the door and he's like all right sir you're coming with us you match the description of someone (laughs) who has a warrant out for domestic battery in this household he's like no i don't even live here And he's like yeah we know sir like all the details that larry was telling them are true for this guy too
1: (laughs) yeah oh he matches the description what description is that officer (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: exactly <laughs> um and he's like yeah we know he's been trying to get rid of you for quite some time that's according to the doctor's statement we know you don't live here um <laughs> and and he's like no wait let's just talk to Larry." He's like you're not gonna be talking to larry mr david ever
1: against her he's being moved to a safe house <laughs> i'm like what? jesus christ which what? doesn't happen I, I don't i don't get where that line comes from what do you mean He's not moved to a safe house. No, Larry will not. No, Larry's not moving. I guess because he'll when when the cops say, "All right,
0: we're moving you to a safe house," he probably well, that probably happens off camera or something like that. But but that was a weird. <laughs> that was weird. But I like that they're they're saying he's going to move to a safe house. And then as the cop car pulls away, that's when Leon comes strolling back home with his Panda Express, right as the
1: cops <laughs> drive <laughs> right, off. So he wasn't yeah, even right. Yeah. Sure. Right as they're right as they're pulling out. <laughs> yeah. Incredible.
0: And so Larry calls Richard Lewis, uh, and this is during the big breast blowout. He's like, hey, Richard, buddy, what's going on? You having fun? And cut to Richard Lewis and Stella just chilling on the hotel bed because both of Richard Lewis's hands are in casts. And that's when Frolic starts to play. (laughs) And that is the end of the episode. But here's my misunderstanding before we close it out completely. I thought Richard Lewis was going to have a party and invite people to like that's what i, that's like what a I going thought away too. party for her breast, yeah because i thought it was gonna be like oh we're gonna have it down at the biltmore and you know they're known for like their beautiful ballrooms and stuff like i didn't know he meant we're gonna check into a hotel in the city we live in and have, uh, have crazy <laughs> sex um i thought it was like because he was like yeah we're gonna have frozen margaritas and stuff and i'm like oh he's inviting
1: everybody to like a going yeah, away see, party I, for her breast. <laughs> i thought it was a party too and yeah. he just canceled the party because his hands were broken
0: no, I think it was just a, like, we're going to check in. We're going to have crazy hotel sex with her breasts one more time. And, and, that, and then the next day. I think that's because otherwise Larry would have. Why would he have? You know, He wouldn't have called and said, hey, how going? you going? Are you having...? He would have been invited to the breast blowout. If it was that's a party like true. we were thinking. That's true. So it was the whole time, I think. like Just, you know, just planning, crazy hotel yeah, sex. Just crazy hotel sex with Richard Lewis. And no one else is invited. But it sure sounded like a party. If I was Richard Lewis's friend, I would have showed up that day. And been like, oh, I thought you were having a party tonight. Like,
1: what? No. What, you, what on earth <laughs> this made you think orgy? that? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So that's the end of the episode. All right. Uh, Tim, what do we
1: got for homework this week? Uh, I just wrote down Jerry Minor and Michaela Watkins. What were they up to around this time? Okay. Got a, got a couple of uh, some research on some guest stars. I like it. Yes. Uh, what do you like for cover art this week? I mean, the guys watching the burlesque show
0: from you know because we get it from, but we don't get any actual nudity. There might have been some side boob. I don't know if we had any nipple. There, but there yeah. was some
1: side boob. There, there's yeah. no, there's no nipple. But I, I, I thought, think the yeah. perfect. I think the perfect cover photo is the view of all four guys from behind. Step. Her.
0: Yes, I agree. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I think that's great. Because we can't get the meme format in one picture of them looking no. at Richard on the way out. But, but I will get that before the day is done.
1: <laughs> all right, let's see what we can do about this week's description. All right. So we had Larry becomes an unlikely role model for battered women. And Richard Lewis's relationship with a burlesque performer is put to the test.
0: God, it's wordy. Eh, it's long. <sighs> is it bad? Larry becomes a role model for battered women. Is that part bad? Let's just let's just take it part by part. Is that that's not bad, right?
1: I don't think so. No, I think that's pretty good.
0: And then Richard Lewis's... By the way, he didn't dig in as much as I was hoping he would. He did say he was in love, and they did give him shit. They're like, oh, you're always in love. You always say you're in love. And he did try to like say, no, this time it's real, but not as much as I was hoping. You know, not as much as they normally dig into that, as we mentioned on the last episode. But anyway, so Richard Lewis's relationship with a burlesque dancer is put to the test. God, it's long. But it is put to the test in a couple ways, because A, Richard Lewis's friends went to see her, which he didn't like. The real test is, of course, the breast reduction. But is their relationship put to the test because he's I doubt he'll be with her in the next episode, but it didn't seem that he was going to break up with her the day after her surgery. Right. Like, what do you think? Where where do you stand on this? Is it okay?
1: It's not really put to the test. I mean, that's I what guess, I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, she she's definitely considering like, uh, okay, what did I get into? Whenever he's like, ah, oh, just put rocks in your bra.
0: <laughs> I got it. I, it just occurred to me. Larry David. What what's the first part? Larry, Larry becomes David. an
1: unlikely okay. role model for
0: battered women. I'm gonna change role model. Yeah, I'm gonna take role model out of it and say. Larry. Well, they already mentioned that he's not an inspirational speaker. But here's where, if you can see where I'm going with this. I don't know if we want to take inspiration out of it, but Larry becomes Larry, oh, Larry inspires a group of battered women and Richard Lewis's burlesque dancer girlfriend because it there was kind of his fault. Yeah. That, yeah.
1: Oh, it's absolutely his fault yeah. that, that she went that she through went the, to the, with the yeah. breast reduction. At least would have she, talked to the, the, doctor. the doctor. Yeah.
0: So Larry inspires a group of battered women and Richard Lewis's burlesque dancer girlfriend, which is still. Wordy, but I think it's okay to include all. I like
1: that. it. Yeah, I like it.
0: Sweet. <laughs> all
1: right, Tim, did you like this episode? You know what? I got to
0: give it a star. I knew when I was watching it that I was getting such great laughs out of it, and talking about it was was just as entertaining. And I, you know, it all came around
1: very nicely. So yeah. So I, uh, I'm, I, I got a new, I got a new ranking. Yes. That I'm, uh, that I'm ready to bust out. I am gonna give this a star low with a rising stock. Emoji. I don't know what to call this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm calling this my rising star ranking because it's going to be a star low. But depending on the next few episodes could rise to a yeah. full star.
0: Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I, I like that. We might <laughs> this, this episode might be diamond hands to the moon, but it might not be, we don't
1: know. <laughs> might be, might be my GME stock all over, <laughs> all over again. All right, Tim, next week we have got season eight, episode three, Palestinian chicken. And if you're looking at TV guide that night, you are going to see, uh, or excuse me, original air date July 24th, 2011. And if you were looking at TV guide that night, you are going to see Larry plays social assassin to the hilt at a dinner party on the golf course and, and at a Palestinian restaurant with chicken to die for. Wow,
0: listen to all the storylines they threaded together. This is almost like one we wrote. I wonder if it'll hold up. Um, And I do know this one... Watch
1: it be absolutely awful.
0: This one, not only Social Assassin, but the chicken restaurant. People think this is one of the best episodes of all time. I don't want to set this up. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I know this one is up there on the Pantheon for Herb fans. I remember a little bit of it. So we'll see how well it holds up for me if I remember uh, any more while I'm watching it. So, um, <laughs> all right. Is that it? Yeah, that is it. <laughs> all right. It better be. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted
1: Hallwell. Be good.